Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode three of... Did you forget? Tales of the Crypt. <laughs> or were you just waiting for me to take it? it did, was, did you throw it to me? It was a little bit of a brain fart. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I yeah. thought you were throwing it to me. And I was like, I don't want to finish that thought. No. <laughs> so, welcome back. I, I'm i sure we have some good stories for you this week. Um, if you liked the past two episodes of Tales of the Crypt, let us know. If you haven't liked them, sucks to suck. We're going to keep on doing these anyways. Um, Mike, how many stories do you got? Two. Two. Oh, I got two, just, two. Just two, two. Nice. Now, my stories are from Reddit. Because Reddit seems to be the main place. Uh, uh, every time I look up any spooky, scary, chilling stories, I get those stupid fucking lists. Yeah. Five spooky stories that'll scare your pants off. And it's a BuzzFeed article and it's got 50 million ads strewn in. And then the stories are only like a paragraph. Yeah, actually, I these aren't what? have pulled up on my phone one of the sites... 10 of the most terrifying horror stories the internet has to offer. And one's legit, like, it's, two paragraphs. Yeah, it's it's story, and then advertisement, and then the next story. Advertisement. Advertisement, story, story. Literally one paragraph. Yeah, it's not... How, how, it's like, how do you even get any connection to it? Actually, here, we'll, we'll read it real quick. This is called A Mother's Call. A young girl is playing in her bedroom when she hears her mother call to her from the kitchen. So she runs down the stairs to meet her mother. As she's running through the hallway, the door to the cupboard under the stairs opens and a hand reaches out and pulls her in. It's her mother. She whispers to her child, Don't go in the kitchen. I heard it too. End of story. Well, to be, <laughs> to be fair, that is a good story though. Yeah, that was kind of... I mean, it's been told a lot, but it is... Oh, you've heard of that story a, before? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's that's a good one because sure. it leaves you questioning. Like, yeah, like what the fuck's in the kitchen? What is in the kitchen? Yeah. What if her mom is in the kitchen? Yeah. What pulled her into the cupboard? What if that wasn't her or mom? Or closet? Yeah, there, there's a few variations to that story, but most. most All right, so that one was decent, but it yeah. was really short. But it's like one of the very old, one of the very few ones that are actually good. Yeah. But so um, I guess you had three stories. <laughs> so yeah, technically I have three. So what I'll do is. Mike Frank, I'll hand this over to you. And what you want me to start? Yeah, let's see what kind of creepy goods and she got going on this week. Okay. Also, side note, the two stories from Reddit that I have, they the one story I lied. The one story does turn into a part one, part two. Oh but no! But if you like the way it ends. Did you go to no sleep? Yeah. I, I also want the no sleep. We could, I could all, I could possibly do the part two of the story because the story is kind of interesting. I just wanted to throw that out there and let you know. So let us know what you think. But go ahead, Mike. When we do pull these stories off of anywhere to try to get the source. Yeah. Um, I include the username and where, where I pulled it from. Yeah, I sh- I think we did that last time, or I might have not done that. Did you not do it? Right no. now, no, <laughs> but I can credit since I people. have. I will credit the people on our no sleep from Reddit. It's the same thing when your art gets reposted and yeah, you your give fucking, credit. Your your watermark is cropped out. 
or, or, or your or your comic is cropped out for people who mass repost things on the internet. Oh yeah, like uh, like Gallo boob on Reddit, douchebag. So this ghost story is actually called "I Answered a Spam Call." Hmm. Uh, this was submitted by First Breath One on Reddit, and he submitted this to a no sleep board. All right. Um, I kind of want to avoid no sleep because I feel like I'll definitely a lot of people it's probably the largest place for spooky stories on the internet at this oh, yeah. point but i want to get more vague i mean not not vague i want to dig deeper into the internet and find some true gems yeah that's then just skimming the surface yeah i, I don't want to have to rely on reddit but i feel like it's that's kind of what it's coming to yeah because i literally probably went to the third or fourth page of just google trying to find shit garbage they're all garbage it's every single one. It's those top five, top ten BuzzFeed articles, and they suck. Or stories like it's cancerous. When I was a kid, I picked my nose, and something poked my finger while I was in my nose. <laughs> Someone pulled my hand in. <laughs> <laughs> I was picking my nose, and someone pulled my hand through my nose, and now I'm dead? Question mark? <laughs> now I'm dead? <laughs> Am I ready? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> is this is this the internet for ghosts? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Um, oh, that's perfect. Back to me. Uh, I answered a spam phone call or whatever. Hello, is this Mr. Henderson? There was no real reason for me to pick up the phone. The spam app on my cell called out the mystery number right away. But hell, I thought, fuck it. There was no one else left in life for me to talk to. Even a debt collector sounded good at the moment. My wife was murdered in 2015. There really isn't an easy way to say that other than getting it out of the way early. It's just a random robbery gone wrong. One rainy night, some sick tweaking fuck snuck into her house and shot her. The suspect was caught two days later and sentenced to life in prison. He still sits there today. I have worked in web development ever since. The job is remote and the field caters to my hermit-like behavior out here in the woods of northern New Jersey. Does he live in the pines? Northern New Jersey. Does he live in the pines with the Jersey Devil? Maybe. Dun, or dun, dun. the pines where, uh, can't remember his name, but uh, Nirvana covered one of his songs. Oh, I Where'd you sleep last night? My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Tell me where did you sleep last night? In the pines. Well, I in can't the tell pines. you. <laughs> can't tell you where I slept last night, but I can tell you, don't quit your day job. Yeah, I can't remember the original artist. I believe it was an elderly uh, black dude from like the fifties or forties, possibly the sixties. Why has he got to be black though? Because he was black. That's racist. No, it's not. Just a soulful black dude. <laughs> Whatever, Dakota. Uh. Oh yeah, uh, Northern New Jersey. The lack of drug testing is really just an added benefit. I was perfectly free to fuck up the remainder of my own life. I don't have any friends anymore. Not really. Sometimes I guess it is easy to look for companionship in the wrong places. Senior or junior? I replied to the lady with a sigh before settling into my armchair in my office with a bottle of wine. It was raining that night. The wind whipped the old pine tree in our backyard so hard I thought it might topple. Uh, senior said the pretty calm voice on the other wine. She sounded familiar, but I blamed that notion on the half-empty bottle of wine. Apologies, ma'am, but Senior died six years ago. I said, a little annoyed at the lack of record-keeping at this place. She paused. 
Oh, gosh. Gosh, that is not what we have here. I am so sorry, sir. We were not aware. Please forgive the intrusion and assumption. Would you mind pausing while I check my records? A filing cabinet clicked steadily in the background as static crinkled. My guess was that the woman held the receiver to her shoulder. I chuckled a bit at the lack of audio quality. No, 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 that is okay. No problem at all. No worries. Why don't you start by telling me your name? I asked. Cursed myself for the hint of shameless flirting at the end. This guy's super lonely. Uh, she giggled. Something about that laugh was very familiar. My name is Emily, and I work with his credit card company, she said in a rehearsed tone. Unfortunately, we cannot divulge which firm over the phone if you are not on the count, which uh, you just admitted yourself, of course. He said, okay. I'm guessing that you are Mr. Henderson's son? Yes, ma'am, that's right, but it's been years. I could not possibly be stuck with the old man's debt, right? I asked, hopefully. Well, let's check, shall we? There was a panic shuffling and opening of books in the background. I am so sorry, sir. She replied with regretful tone. The rules are in one of those three-ring binders, and they are very difficult to find. Please hold for a moment. That's okay. Do not know anybody still kept records that way. Do I get an email confirmation of this charge as well? I asked. Excuse me? Email, like electronic mail. Confirmation of the charge? I asked again, allowing my confusion to turn to frustration. What's this lady's problem? We don't do that here. Still a few years away from all those fancy features. But as you know, late payments are a pretty serious issue. They can even affect the credit score of an individual when a large amount has not been paid. Okay, okay, of course. I said, genuinely starting to grow worried and a bit flustered. What can I do? Is there a Mrs. Henderson in the household? She asked quietly. Mrs. Henderson died in 2006. What year did you say? Oh my gosh, this is so horrible. I really am batting 1,000 today. I gasped. That was it, that phrase. I don't know if it was the way she said it or the fact that simply not that many people use that exact language, but as soon as she did, something clicked in my memory. My wife worked for a credit card company before we met. Her name was also Emily. The voice sounded like hers, but it was younger, more hopeful than I remembered. What is your last name? I asked. The line was silent. Look, look. I know that's a weird question, but please, I think we know each other. I can't give that information out. Okay. Did you go to Jefferson Memorial High School? Yes. She said, astonished. How did you know that? It was impossible. A Emily was dead. The voice on the phone barely even sounded like her. It was younger, happier, more optimistic. This type of dream was actually the type of thing that kept me up a million sleepless nights in the past, and yet I was awake. Could it be a coincidence? Is your mother's name Eva? There was silence on the other end of the line. Then her mouse-like reply confirmed my suspicions. Who is this? I took a deep breath. Either I understood what was happening or I lost my mind. Might as well enjoy the ride. The next question is going to sound strange. What is today's date? I'm sorry, sir. What? One moment. She paused and shuffled around some more papers. Today's date is July 9th, 1999. It's impossible. What the hell? Could it be the storm? The anniversary of her death? Emily, listen to me. Okay, sir, this conversation is getting a little strange. Let's keep it to the payment plan. Listen to me very carefully. One day you are going to meet a man. You're going to love him, Emily. He will love you more than you ever know. I had to give her something to remember. On your first holiday together, he will buy you one gift for all 12 days of Christmas. 
Sounds dreamy. She replied with a laugh. Are you one of those psychics? I am serious. You will marry this man, Emily. He will buy you the ring you always wanted. The ceremony will be a beautiful one in your hometown. Your entire family will be there, including Aunt Zelda and your grandma from Tennessee. She said, I like this fortune cookie. She said with dripping sarcasm. But two years later, on July 9th, 2015, you will be murdered in the home you share together. She shifted the phone nervously. So what do I do? First, I tried to tell her to avoid the house that day, to never date me, to stay away forever and find a better life somewhere else. But somewhere in the middle of my rant, the line disconnected to the tune of a blood-curdling scream. I called back to find a non-working number. She never answered again. I fell asleep listening to the thunder rolling through the sky. The scream from that night repeated from time to time while flashes of her body on the floor occasionally invaded my mind. I never questioned the call. I never asked why. Maybe it was God. Maybe it was just time. But yesterday morning when I woke up, Emily was by my side. Weird. That is weird. Could it be that he altered the course of her destiny? Or was it her corpse lying in his bed? Never know. That was a good story. That was a good story. Good <laughs> yeah. stuff, Mike. Look at you. <laughs> Pulling out the big cards. How about you do your next story? And I'll... Well, yeah, that was my... Oh. That was going to be my suggestion. Oh, yeah, stop, stop reading my mind, Mike. All right. So, this story, I don't know if it can compete with Mike's story, but we're going to give it a whirl. So, this is from our No Sleep, and this is posted by user 1000vultures. Yeah, and this was back in 2011. Oh, a while ago. Yeah. So the first part of this story is called Footsteps. This is long, so I apologize for that. I've never had to tell this story with enough detail to actually explain it all the way. I thought you were saying that. (laughs) I didn't think you were reading yet. But it is true, and it happened when I was about six years old. In a quiet room, if you press your ear against a pillow, you can hear your heartbeat. As a kid... The muffled, rhythmic beats sounded like soft footsteps on a carpeted floor. And so as a kid, almost every night, just as I was about to drift off to sleep, I would hear these footsteps and I would be ripped back to consciousness, terrified. For my entire childhood, I lived with my mother in a fairly nice neighborhood that was in a transitional phase. People of lower economic means were gradually moving in, and my mother and I were two of these people. We lived in the kind of house you see being transported in two pieces on the interstate, but my mom took good care of it. There were a lot of woods surrounding the neighborhood that I would play in and explore during the day, but at night, as things often do to a kid, they took a more sinister feeling. This coupled with the fact that, due to the nature of our house, there was a fairly large crawl space underneath filled my mind with imaginary monsters and inescapable scenarios which would consume my thoughts when I was awoke by the footsteps. I told my mom about the footsteps and she said that I was just imagining things. I persisted enough that she blasted my ears with water from a turkey baster once just to placate me since I thought that would help. Of course it didn't. Despite all the creepiness and footsteps, the only weird thing that ever happened was that every now and then I would wake up on the bottom bunk despite having gone to sleep on the top bunk. But this wasn't really weird since I'd sometimes get up to go use the bathroom or to get a drink, and sometimes I could remember that and going back to sleep on the bottom bunk. I'm only an only child, so it didn't really matter. This would happen once or twice a week, but waking up on the bottom bunk wasn't too terrifying. But one night, when I woke up, 
I wasn't on the bottom bunk. I had heard the footsteps, but was too far gone to be woken by them. And when I was awoken, it wasn't from the sound of footsteps or a nightmare, but because I was cold. Really cold. When I opened my eyes, I saw the stars. I was in the woods. I sat up immediately and I tried to figure out what was going on. I thought I was dreaming, but that didn't seem right, though neither did me being in the woods. There was a deflated pool float right in front of me, one of those being in the shape of a shark. This only added to the surreal feeling, but after a while it seemed like I just wasn't going to wake up because I wasn't asleep. I stood up to orient myself, but I didn't recognize these woods. I played in the woods by my house all the time, and so I knew them really well, but if these weren't the same woods, then how could I get out? I took a step and felt a shooting pain in my foot which knocked me back to where I had just been laying. I had stepped on a thorn. By the light of the moon, I could see that they were everywhere. I looked at my other foot, but it was fine, and as a matter of fact, so was the rest of me. I didn't have another scratch on me, and I wasn't even that dirty. I cried for a little bit, and then I stood back up. I didn't know which way to go, so I just picked a direction. I resisted the urge to call out since I wasn't sure I wanted to be found by who or what might be out there. I walked for what seemed like hours. I tried to walk in a straight line and tried to course correct when I had to take detours, but I was a kid and I was afraid. There weren't any howls or screams and only once did I hear any noise that scared me. It sounded like a crying baby. I think now that it was just a cat, but I panicked. I ran veering in different directions to avoid big thicks of bushes and collapsed trees. And I was paying close attention to where I stepped because by that point my feet were in pretty bad shape. I paid too much attention to where I was stepping and not enough to where those steps were leading because not long after hearing the cry, I saw something that filled me with a kind of despair that I haven't experienced since. It was the pool float. I was only 10 feet from where I had woken up. This wasn't magic or some supernatural space bending. I was lost. Up until that moment, I thought more about getting out of the woods than how I got in, but being back at the beginning caused my mind to swim. I wasn't even sure that these were my woods. I had only been hoping that they were. Had I run in a huge circle around that spot, or did I just get turned around and start making my way back? How was I going to get out? At that time, I thought the North Star was just the brightest star, and so I looked and found the brightest one and followed it. Eventually, things started to look more familiar, and when I saw the ditch, a dirt ditch my friends and I would have dirt clod wars in, I knew I had made it out. By that point, I was walking really slowly because my feet hurt so much, but I was so happy to be so close to home that I broke into a light jog. When I actually saw the roof of my house over a neighboring house, I let out a light sob and started to run faster. I just wanted to be home. I had already decided that I wouldn't say anything because I had no idea what I could possibly say. I would get back in the house somehow, clean up, get in my bed, go right back to sleep. My heart sunk as I rounded the corner and my house came into full view. Every light in the house was on. I knew my mom was up and I knew I would have to explain or try to explain where I had been and I couldn't even figure out where to start. My run became a jog which became a walk. I saw her silhouette through the blinds and although I was worried about how to explain things to her, that didn't matter to me at that point. 
I walked up the couple of steps to the porch and put my hand on the doorknob and turned. Right before I pushed it open, two arms wrapped around me and pulled me back. I screamed as loud as I could, Mom, help me please, please mom. The feeling of being so close to being so safe and then being physically pulled away from it filled me with a kind of dread that, even after all these years, is indescribable. The door I had been torn away from opened and a flash of hope shot through my heart, but it wasn't my mom. It was a man and he was enormous. I thrashed around and kicked at the shins of the person holding me while also trying to get away from the person who had just come out of my house. I was scared, but I was furious. Let me go. Where is she? Where's my mom? What did you do to her? As my throat stung from screaming and I was drawing in another breath, I became aware of a sound that had been present for longer than I had perceived it. Honey, please calm down. I've got you. It sounded like my mom. The arms loosened and set me down, and as the man approaching me blocked out the porch light with his head, I noticed his clothes. He was a cop. I turned to face the voice behind me and saw that it really was my mom. Everything was okay. I began to cry, and the three of us went inside. I'm so glad you're home, sweetie. I was worried I'd never see you again. By that point, she was crying too. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I just wanted to come home. I'm sorry. It's okay, just don't ever do that again. I'm not sure me or my shins could take it. A little laughter broke through the sobs, and I smiled a bit. Well, I'm sorry for kicking you, but why'd you have to grab me like that? I was just afraid that you'd run away again. I was confused. What do you mean? We found your note on your pillow, she said, and pointed at the piece of paper that the police officer was sliding across the table. I picked up the note and read it. It was a running away letter. It said that I was unhappy, never wanted to see her or any of my friends again. The police officer exchanged a few words with my mom on the porch while I stared at the letter. I didn't remember writing a letter. I didn't remember anything about any of this. But even if I sometimes went to the bathroom at night and didn't remember, or even if I could have gone into the woods on my own, even if all of that could have been true, the only thing I knew at that point was, this isn't how you spell my name. I didn't write this letter. Is that it? <clears throat> That's it. That's weird. Yeah. And supposedly this is a true story. There's a part two, which he then goes on to explain that after a conversation with my mother about what happened when I was a kid, I was reminded of something that cannot be unrelated to this. It answers some questions about the story, but raises other questions that I'm still looking into. It also suggests that much of what I've been told about my life since I was a child wasn't true. You can find the new story here part two that's part two i mean i thought that was kind of interesting because like if you're a kid and have you ever slept walked no me neither literally never so like i'm pretty sure if i was that kid and i just woke up in the woods randomly i'd be flipping the fuck out yeah i i would probably stepped on that thorn and thought i was dying um no i i say i've never slept walked people actually I say people, but, like, my mom's side of the family, when we were staying with my Aunt Laura for a while, uh-huh. they thought I sleptwalked, um, mainly because it was, like, really late at night, and I woke up, and I was like, I'm going to go downstairs and play Sega, um. and then I got scared, <laughs> so I curled up on one of the stairs. I was pretty small at this point, maybe, like, four. Yeah. Four or five. 
So I curled up on one of the stairs and I, and I kind of like just closed my eyes and eventually I fell asleep like on a stair. On a stair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People are like, oh, you slept like you on a stair. Ha ha ha. I'm like, I know the real story. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that funny. I'm actually a little baby <laughs> and I got scared of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my, I guess, second story. Um, I I just thought it, it wasn't super super creepy, but it's just a weird idea. Like if that happened to you, you know. All right. What do you got? So this one was again submitted to No Sleep by A C R underscore Jones. Okay. I've only been babysitting for about six months now. It was an easy way to make money, and it didn't require me to have any real applicable skills. It was slow going at first, but a couple months ago I hit the jackpot after a young couple from the rich part of my town asked me to look after their two kids one Friday night. They paid me 200 freaking dollars to look after their extremely well-behaved children for three hours in a house five times the size of mine. I would do that. It was awesome. The young couple must have also thought that I had done a good job because word spread quickly around the rich neighborhood about the nice young lady who was willing to look over your children so you could go out for a night of drinking and fun. And when I say that this neighborhood is one of the richest in our state, I am not exaggerating. Most of the people living there are young couples who have come from a long line of wealthy families. Sometimes I'll babysit for a few hours and make a couple hundred bucks. Other times the parents want me to stay the whole night and they go off and get a hotel room so that they can be away from their kids for a change. That is where I make the big bucks. A couple days ago, a husband and wife had texted me asking if I could stay the night at their mansion and watch their seven-year-old little girl for them. I happily agreed. If only I knew what I was in for. When the day finally came, I drove my beat-up Jeep Wrangler to the edge of the rich neighborhood and made my way up this private driveway that I had never noticed there before because the entrance was hidden back amongst the trees that surrounded the entire north side of town. I drove up this steep winding driveway for what seemed like 10 minutes before I finally saw the house come into view. Out of all the houses I've babysat at, this was hands down the most gorgeous one I've ever seen. It was a huge Victorian style mansion that was covered in dark brown bricks, making it blend perfectly into the woods surrounding it. I got out of my car and made my way up to the front porch where I knocked on this gigantic wooden door. A few seconds later, a beautiful woman in her mid-thirties answered and introduced herself as Mrs. Collins. She called her husband down and shortly after an extremely handsome man, also in his thirties, came walking down the grand stairway holding an adorable little girl in his arms. The couple seemed very anxious to leave and even though they were both gorgeous people, I could tell that underneath all of their beauty they were both extremely tired and haggard from having to keep up with their seven-year-old. They were obviously very excited about having an entire night to themselves and couldn't wait to get out of there as fast as they could. Before Mr. and Mrs. Collins left, however, Mrs. Collins handed me several pieces of paper and told me that she had written down a couple of instructions for me to follow throughout the night. She stressed to me how important it was to follow her instructions and I assured her that I'd give them a look. I waved to the pretty young couple as they made their way down the driveway in their expensive Mercedes and then closed the door behind me. I gave the instructions a quick once over before folding the papers and stuffing them into my back pocket. I'll look at them later, I told myself how stupid it was to do that. Mr. and Mrs. Collins' daughter, Samantha, was a very nice young girl who warmed up to me almost immediately. We had spent the next few hours playing games and watching TV. After we finished our fifth episode of Teen Titans Go, I noticed it was getting late and asked Samantha what her bedtime was. She shrugged, not really giving me an answer, which is when I remembered Mrs. Collins' instructions. I pulled out the pieces of paper and scanned through them very quickly when I saw the words, Samantha needs to be in bed before 8pm. I checked the time 
to find that it was almost 7.45. Well, it looks like your bedtime is right now, I said as I lifted Samantha up off the couch so I can get her ready. She brushed her teeth and I tucked her into her California king-size mattress. I told her goodnight and was leaving her room when she said something that stopped me in my tracks. Don't forget to lock my door before you leave, she said. I stopped walking and turned back around toward her confused. What do you mean, don't forget to lock the door? Why would I need to lock your door? What if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? She looked at me innocently and shrugged her shoulders again. I don't know, but mommy always locks my door before I go to sleep. She says she says it, she does it to protect me and herself. I don't remember what happens after I fall asleep, but mommy says that I always try to leave my room at night, which is a bad thing. I looked at her dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say. Mommy told me that she would leave instructions for you to follow, and locking my door is one of them. Okay, Samantha, I'll lock your door. Good, uh, good night, sweetheart. I stammered. She gave me a big smile and rolled over in her bed. I closed her door and noticed that there was a latch drilled into the door frame that would allow someone to lock it from the outside. I closed the latch, then walked downstairs so I could read the rest of Mrs. Collins' instructions. When I had first seen the pieces of paper, I was under the impression that they were just instructions that told me what shows Samantha was not allowed to watch or how to operate the surround sound. After I started reading them, though, I realized that I was wrong. I was completely and utterly wrong. Hello, Annie. I am so glad that you agreed to stay the night and babysit Samantha for us. She is such an angel, and I am sure that the both of you will get along very well. I know that our house might seem old and scary, but don't worry because nothing bad will happen to you as long as you follow these simple instructions. Firstly, Samantha needs to be in bed in her room with the door locked before 8pm. Do not open up her bedroom door after 8pm. I repeat, do not open Samantha's bedroom door after 8pm. She will try to convince you to open the door in many different ways. She will scream, cry, and threaten you until you give in, but do not listen to her. She can't hurt you as long as the door is closed. Between 8.30 and 9.30 p.m., make sure you remain in the living room with the lights turned on. Around this time of night, you may hear scratching and growling coming from Samantha's room or other parts of the house. These noises are nothing to worry about as long as you stay in the living room. Watch some TV to pass the time. We have a lot of movies to choose from, smiley face. After 9.30, do not venture into any dark areas of the house. I would recommend that you turn on as many lights as you can before 9.30 so that you don't accidentally trap yourself. You might begin to see things hiding in the dark areas of the house from time to time and sometimes they will even try to talk to you. Just ignore them and they'll eventually ignore you. You might also happen to see a pair of yellow cat's eyes looking at you through the darkness ever once in a while. Do not stare at them for more than 30 seconds. At around 10pm it might begin to sound like there are several people walking around in the basement downstairs. Do not worry because as long as you stay out of the basement they cannot get to you. Jesus. Yeah, this is like, hey, this is how you do not die. <laughs> I know it sounds unlikely, but around this time you will begin to feel an overwhelming urge to walk down into the basement. If this happens, go into the kitchen and drink a glass of cold milk. You, this usually helps. The urge will most likely pass after about 10 minutes. But if the urge is still there after 10 minutes and you don't think you will be able to stop yourself from walking into the basement, then call either me or Mr. Collins and we'll tell you what to do. When 10.30pm comes around, you will begin to hear something running back and forth in the hallway upstairs. Stay on the first floor of the house during this time. Don't worry about Samantha, as long as you lock her door beforehand, you won't be able to get to her. If you start to hear him making his way down the stairs, then lock yourself in the first floor bathroom with the lights on. 
You will knock on the bathroom door repeatedly and will try to try impersonating someone close to you, like your mom or your dad, in order to trick you into opening the bathroom door for him. He's really good at it. No matter what he says to you, no matter who he sounds like, do not open the door. He should go away after five minutes. Check under the door to make sure that he is no longer there before you open it. Now this next part is very important. You will be sleeping in our guest room upstairs for the night. Before you go to bed, make sure that you leave a plate outside your bedroom door with a piece of raw steak on it. You can find the raw steak in our refrigerator. And leave a glass of milk next to the plate as well. On a piece of paper, write the words Parkhant Nihi in red ink and leave it on the plate with the raw meat. Also, at some point during the night, you might wake up and notice that there is something standing in the corner of your room. Please refrain from looking at the figure as much as you can. I'd recommend wearing earbuds so that you won't hear it muttering to itself. And that's about it. There are also a few other general rules that you should follow throughout the night just to make sure that nothing bad happens. Rule number one. If the house phone rings at any point during the night, don't answer it no matter how long or how loud it might ring. Mr. Collins and I will call your cell phone if we need to talk to you. If you feel something tap on your shoulder at any point during the night, don't turn around. Wait at least 30 seconds before moving again. Rule number three, don't eat meat after eight o'clock. They might see it as a threat and will most likely attack you. Thanks again, Annie. If you have any trouble or questions, feel free to call me or my husband at any point during the night. If you do call us and a man with a very deep voice answers the phone, hang up immediately and try calling us again. P.S. Throughout the night, you might hear a dog whimpering from somewhere off inside the house. We don't have a dog, so don't go looking for it. I hadn't realized what I would gotten myself into. It is currently 8.31pm. As I am writing this, the growling noises just started. It sounds like they're coming from every room in the fucking house. I thought that Samantha's screams from a couple minutes ago were going to be the worst part, but now I can hear muffled growls from upstairs and I can show you that is much worse. This is so much worse. That's it. That's fucking creepy. I had two good I had two great stories. That was <laughs> kinda of babysitter is kinda of baby she babysitting. A freaking demon. This one won't be too long, it's like maybe two and a half, three paragraphs. So this one's just the nature in itself is just kind of creepy. Um, all right, we're going to jump right in. So this story is called The Woman in the Oven. And there is no source that I can give it to. It was just posted by the Did you know facts.com. During the summer of 1983, in a quiet town near Minneapolis, Minnesota, the charred body of a woman was found inside the kitchen stove of a small farmhouse. A video camera was also found in the kitchen standing on a tripod pointing at the oven. No tape was found inside the camera at the time. Although the scene was originally labeled as a homicide by police, an unmarked VHS tape was later discovered at the bottom of the farm's well, which had apparently dried up earlier that year. Despite its warm condition and the fact that it contained no audio, police were still able to view the contents of the tape. It depicted a woman recording herself in front of a video camera, seemingly using the same camera that the police found in the kitchen. After positioning the camera to include both her and her kitchen stove in its view, she turned on the oven, opened the door, crawled inside, and then closed the door behind her. What the fuck? After eight minutes into the video, the oven could be seen violently shaking. At this point, thick 
black smoke emanated from the oven. For the remaining 45 minutes of the video, until the batteries in the camera died, it remained in its stationary position. To avoid disturbing the local community, the police never released any information about the tape or even the fact that it was found. Police were also not able to determine who put the tape in the well or why the height and the stature of the woman in the video did not come close to matching the body that they had found in the oven. What the fuck? The end. That was it? Yeah. That wasn't bad. That was good. I didn't think it was that good. It was good. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like amazing. It's like, oh, I'm going to turn this oven on and jump right in. <sighs> the thought of being burned alive, that's not a pleasant Especially thought. Especially in a fucking small space like that. Yeah. Yikes. Alright. Anyways, so that's episode three of Tales of the Crypt. Yeah. I think this episode is actually gonna be longer than the uh than the Loch Ness Monster episode. No, oh, wait, no, 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 no. I mean there's probably gonna be a lot to cut out for the Loch Ness Monster yeah. episode anyways. We'll see. There'll probably be the Loch Ness will probably be like five or eight minutes just longer. Yeah. But But anyways, uh Yeah. There you have it. Episode three. Not only are we giving you Crypt Keepers Every Monday, we now give you Tales of the Crypt every Wednesday. As Dakota likes to believe, <laughs> we release on Fridays. We release on Fridays. I get this. It, you know what? Leave me alone. He's done that like twice already. Yeah, whatever. I'm learning slowly. He's like, get ready for Friday, guys. It's like, why? We're I'm ready. I'm ready for Friday. to do with our viewers. I'm excited to record this shit. Cap it off here. Um, thanks for listening. We appreciate everyone. Yep for following us into this new journey i won't say where we're plugging the podcast no. we're on spotify yeah you can find us are. search up crypt keepers you'll find us youtube eventually stitcher and soundcloud eventually we got you pocket casts anchor all the good stuff apple podcasts oh well thank you guys for listening yeah uh, i appreciate it immensely and i look forward to releasing this episode for you guys heck yeah so uh i'm mike this is dakota Keep on creeping. creeping.